Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. For this time in your Word, we're hungry for you. But we want to grow, we want to be enlarged, we want to stretch, we want to become more like you. So Father, accomplish all that through the simple teaching of your word. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. And we all say, amen. Amen. Verse seven. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly. The Greek manuscript literally reads here, amen, amen, where we get the word amen. But typically we amen after somebody says something we agree with. Isn't that the way we typically do it? But Jesus here, amen, before he spoke, as if to say, I'm so excited about what I'm going to say that I'll amen myself in advance. And just in case you don't, I'll do it twice, one for me and one for you. Jesus was in the house and, and he was no shrinking violent and he would speak what was on his mind and say what needed to be said. And he continued and he said, I say to you, he got personal, and, and there was a lot of folks, but he was, it was like he was talking to each person there. I say to you, I am. Jesus was never confused about who he was. And if we're truly going to be followers of Jesus Christ, we likewise ought not be confused about who we are. You know, someone walked up to me and said, I was a nobody. I'd probably just have to agree. But frankly, that's immaterial. The reality is I might be nobody, but I am somebody's and who I belong to makes all the difference in the world. He said, I am the door of the sheep. The walls of the sheep enclosures were typically built by rock. Sometimes they would cement the rock. Sometimes they would just pile up the rock. But there would be, you know, several foot high rock enclosure. And you, you see a, a picture there on your, your, your screen. And they would often fasten uh, thorns on the top of these enclosures. But if you take a look at the screen there but behind us, the opening of the, the pen was not a hinged door like you would expect. When you said, you know, when he said, I'm the door, you thought of the door that you used to go into your house. But you're reading in the, the, our century into their century. Um, there's no hinge door. Actually, the door here was a person. And it was actually an armed shepherd. You see the shepherd's crook there. That was not just for style. Uh, that was to, to deal with predators. Sometimes the, sh- the sheep acted funny, to deal with the sheep. And you know David also had a sling, uh, and he would walk around with that sling as well. So this man there, that stick is not for show. He is an armed man who is actually the door of the sheepfold. He says this, I am the door of the sheep. Now, When Jesus said this, this sounded just a little bit gangster. How many of y'all think it it might? (laughs) To those who were listening. But what Jesus was saying, he was saying, listen, I am personally present to ensure the safety and well-being of my sheep. 
any predator, any predator, any thief or robber would have to attack him before they could get the sheep that he treasured. You understand? Jesus is not a dispassionate lover of our souls. He put himself on the line for our lives, our betterment and protection. And then in verse eight, he says, all who came before me. Some translations here read, instead of me. Jesus is about to turn it up a little bit. And what he was saying to the people is that everything in your life that you have held on to in the place of me falls into one of two categories. And then he's going to take some time and start to break down these categories for each of us who are listening to him speak. He said, all who came before me are thieves. The first category is thieving or thieves. A thief is one who steals on the, the sly. This is the pickpocket. This is the white collar criminal. Misdirection and deception are the tools of the thief's trade. What happens, you're walking down the street, you get a bump on one shoulder, you focus on the bump, meanwhile, someone's in your back pocket. That's a misdirection there. And, and, and the enemy, what he tries to do is misdirect us. He'll, 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 he'll put your focus over there when, when really he's stealing over here. And, and that's just the way he is. He's, he's a very, very good thief. You know, some of it, you know, is, you know, it could be a, a you know, white collar crime where, you know, the accountant is stealing every five cents of, of every thousand dollars or every, every, you know, maybe you have a million accounts and he takes five cents out of each million dollar account. But how many know that five cents out of uh, uh, every dollar, when you talk about a million dollars, starts adding up to a little bit of money? That's about $50,000. And then if he does that for several years, it could add up. And, and he did it on a slide. He just kind of patted the books, took off the little five cent. And, and no one ever knows. Some people are real clever. They just take out a, a percentage of a cent. And because there's so much coming in, uh, you never miss it. How many of y'all miss pennies? I, I mean, I lose penny. I'd never know about a penny. But, but this, this person operates through deception and misdirection. John 8 and 31, Jesus teaches us how to break the power of deception in our lives. And, and he's unapologetic about his approach. So, so neither will I be. Verse 31, he said, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide, abide means live. And what he's saying is, if you live based on my word, not just go to church every now and then, but choose environments that emphasize the authority of God's word. You hear me? Not just a preacher that can get a shout. I love to shout. I love to dance. I love to worship. But I come to church also to learn. You hear me? If you abide in my word, then you are truly. Now, if he says truly, that means some folks aren't really. It's a difference between going to church and making the scripture the rule and pattern for your life. Then you are truly my disciples. When do you become a disciple? When you get into the word until the word gets into you. And this is the reason I take the extra time every Sunday to go line by line 
to, 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 to unlock the scriptures because that's really where the power is. And we got to take time to honor the scriptures by understanding them and grabbing hold of them. And he goes first and says, and you will know the truth. Been pastor for more than a minute. And I recognize a lot of the problems in the church. And, and Jesus just spoke to, to a major problem here. A lot of people know church. A lot of people know how to do church. A lot of times we, we could time the pastor. Yep, just about, it's about time. He's about to get a shout on, you know, if about, you know, 10 minutes, you know, right before, five minutes before. He, you know church. You know exactly when to sing the song. You know when, when to say the amen. You know church. But the problem is folk know church, but they don't know God's word. And that's why the church is so weak. And that's why we take the pains we do to teach the word so that you know it. Because we're about to discover it's the truth we know that sets us free. Not the truth in a book, but the truth that we know that we've grabbed hold of personally. Psalms 138, verse 2, David is speaking, and he says this. It's a powerful statement, and we're just going to read through the first half uh, just out of discipline because there's a lot to stop for there, but we're just going to read through it. But then we're going to get to to the latter half that's important to us this morning. David said, I will bow down toward your temple, your holy temple, and give thanks to your name for your steadfast, what, love and your faithfulness. How many of y'all believe he's faithful? How many of y'all know he loves you? Okay. But listen to this. For you have exalted above all things, the church tradition, your name and your word. God is not obligated to stand behind what Big Mama said. You hear what I'm saying? He's not obligated to stand behind what Pastor Doolittle said with his rhyme and his social commentary and a shout. God only obligates himself, he's God, to stand behind what he said. So when we come together in this setting, it behooves us to find out what he said. You hear me? When the devil came at Jesus, Jesus didn't say, well, I heard somewhere that some rabbi at some time had this idea about who you were. He said, it is written. You hear me? He quoted the Holy Writs. And when trouble comes, if you can't quote nothing, the devil ain't going nowhere. So if I'm not in this book, I do you a disservice. Let me tell you something, as a pastor, it's harder to do what I do. Takes more time to do it this way. But listen, we're going to have to invest some time if we're going to be strong. I mean, we live in dark times, dangerous and perilous times. And in order to be able to deal with the days we live in, we got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And his power is in his word. You hear me? John 8 and 32. Jesus said, and you will know the truth. Knowing the truth is the only antidote and the only solution to deception. And the truth implied, you know, will set you free. People say, you know, what you don't know won't hurt you. But how many of you know, what you don't know is really what's killing you. 
We perish for a lack of knowledge. We can't go through life unaware of God's promises and think we're not going to suffer because it's mean out there. There's a real devil that hates you. There's a man, say, will eat your lunch. You hear what I'm saying? And, and watch you starve. There's a callousness and a coldness that will make you shudder if you felt the heart of your adversary, the devil. Back to John 10 and 8. All who came before me are thieves and, he's about to give us the second category, robbers. A robber is unlike the thief. He, the thief takes on the sly. A robber doesn't take on the sly. He takes by force and intimidation. This, this is, you know, uh, uh, you get mugged in the street. This is when they take it. This is at gunpoint. This is not just someone being tricky. This is somebody with weapons to, to, to harm you. And here's the deal. When Satan can no longer deceive you, his only remaining strategy is intimidation and bullying. And he'll, he'll get in your ear. Well, yeah, I, I, I know you heard that in the word. And I know what the Bible said. But if you do that, your, your, your friends are going to disapprove. If, if you do that, your family's going to criticize you. And he put fear in your heart. You know, if you obey the word, you know, it might work for them, but, but it'll never work for you. And, and he gets in your ear and he frightens you and, and intimidates you. But you got to think about that. I mean, on one hand, there's the opinion of people. But then on the other, the opinion of God. At some point, the opinion of God got away heavier. And you know, even though he comes with this fear and all the rest, I've learned sometimes, as I've said in the past, I guess got to do it afraid. But do what he said because he is God and God alone. Your friends and your family don't have a heaven or hell to put you to into. You hear what I'm saying? And you got to make a decision about your, your life and, and what you value and values, you know. A lot of our values is what they say on television or what some doctor who hates God says. You know what I'm saying? Your values are wrong. That's why y'all screwed up. How about what people who know God says? How about people who have walked with Jesus, what they said and what they wrote? How about what Jesus said? How about what God himself has said? But we lift up with Dr. So-and-so. And we make God, you know, light. But scripture tells us to magnify, give weight to what God has to say. And when you give weight to God's voice, that's how you become a disciple. Don't settle for being a churchgoer. Churchgoers are unhappy people. Don't look at nobody. It's disciples who experience the joy of the Lord. Church folks be some of the most unhappy, miserable, angry people I know. But people who live this word out, they're in a different category, a different class. And folk walk up to you, why are you different? You're not like other, all, the, all the other church folk. But I'm not trying to be church people. I'm trying to be God's people. Yeah. He said, and you will know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. Back to John 10 and 8. He said, all who came before me are thieves and what? Robbers. Robbers. Now, if you were standing there, you would probably start to cringe a little bit. You'd be like, well, Jesus, why don't you play nice? Why you go to calling people names? But here's the deal. Jesus didn't show up to play. He showed up to help. I would rather the momentary sting of discipline than to experience the pain and agony of regret. And folks say to me, you know, I, we, we kind of get in this reputation. I don't want to go to Grace Church. You know, they're serious down there. What, 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 you try, what you're really saying, I want to go where folk aren't serious? You want to be unserious? About God? Here's, here's, here's the choice. You can deal with the sting of honest discipline or choose the pain of looking back saying, I wasted 20 years. Looking back and regret. Well, if I only would have endured the sting of dealing with truth for a moment, I could have fixed 20 years of my life. But instead, I wanted to be where they weren't serious. I wanted to be where I was comfortable. I wanted to be where I was not challenged. I'm not getting no amens right now, but I'm helping somebody. I wanted to be... Well, I could predict when he would shout. I could predict when the organ would play, when he had a vocabulary of only six or seven words, and I knew each and every one of them before he said it. I wanted to go to a place where the pastor looked like Uncle Ray Ray. You hear what I'm saying? I, I, I just want to go to a place where I could just feel good. How feel good working for you? Let's get back to the text, okay? <laughs> Jesus said, but the sheep didn't listen to them. When Pastor and I were last, well, this was a couple trips ago in Africa, we uh, went out to, to actually we, we got a bull and then later we, we got a, a, a lamb. But we watched several shepherds in a field with all of their sheep mixed together. And um, it was a curious sight. You know, all the shepherds were kind of in the hollow. They were laughing with each other and, and talking and, you know, just cutting the breeze, if you will. And, um, you know, I was thinking, I was like, well, how do they know whose sheep is who? And I was looking, okay, some of them were marked. I was like, okay, I guess he's going to go and pick out his sheep to find his sheep when he's ready to go. But all the shepherd did was make a sound. <laughs> Anybody hear that sound right now, by the way? All the shepherd did was, was make a sound and everybody that belonged to him, all the sheep that belonged, they just followed him. They just left everybody else and just followed him to wherever he led. You see, deep down inside, God's sheep know his voice. Deep down inside, you know you belong to somebody. You know there's more than what you're living and, and how you're doing. That you know deep down inside that you belong to God. And, and it's resonating when you get in, in, in the presence of God's people. It just reminds you and, and you, you hear that voice ringing again. Jesus said, I am the door. Jesus made this statement earlier. But he makes it more emphatic here by repetition. Instead of 
continuing to deal with those who would reject him as he did when we first started teaching this, thieves and robbers, he now makes a promise to the sheep that would accept him. So we see a shift in the text and watch the promise. He says this, if anyone, that's any person, no matter who, where, or when, what you did, you know, who you think you are, anyone enters by me, he will be saved. This word sozo here, saved, means delivered from dangers without. But it also implies here in this passage, defended and supplied from within. And this sheep will go in and out. There's a freedom in Christ. And find what? Pasture. All Jesus was concerned about was feeding his sheep. All God wants to do is is feed our hearts. He's not trying to harm us. He's just trying to bless us. the, the, The only reason we run from him is because the devil has lied about him to us. The Bible said we'll know the truth and the truth will what? Set us free. The devil, he's a smart guy. He's been around humans for a while. So what he does is he gets in the mouth of some preachers, some authors, and, and all the rest, and, and maybe a big mom and them, and every time something bad happens in your life, God did that. You know, then someone, someone uh, 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 stabs you in the back, uh, God, God is sovereign, and somehow God must have did that. You, you lose your baby, oh, God giveth and the Lord taketh away. That's, that's a misuse of that scripture there. And we, we, every trouble, God... So, I mean, if every time someone hurts you, someone hollered God, I wouldn't want to be around God either. Do you hear me? But here's the deal. You've been deceived out of the greatest relationship, out of the only one who loves you. In fact, the God I serve, he's not the one who sent somebody to stick me in the side. He took a spear in his side. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.